Okay, great. Good morning. My name is Todd. I'm the pastor, youth pastor here at Marshall Tree Community Church. Ryan challenged me this year to do a sermon series, and I'm jumping in with both feet. So today is the first sermon in my series on 1 John called Love, Hate, Relationship. Notice I pause between each of those words. 1 John talks about love. God's love for us spurs our love for him and others. 1 John also talks about hate. John says the world might hate us if we follow Christ. And 1 John talks about relationship or relationship with God and each other. Since 1 John chapter 1 is only 10 verses, we're going to read the whole chapter. So 1 John 1 what was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we've looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. And the life was manifested, and we have seen and testify and proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. What we have seen and heard, we proclaim to you also, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. These things we write so that our joy may be made complete. This is a message we have heard from him and announced to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him, yet we walk in darkness, we lie, don't practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we confess, if we say we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Who have you known from their beginning? For me, for me, it's my, my nephews and niece. My, my oldest nephew, David, was born a few weeks early, and he had to be hooked up to this machine that would like go off if he stopped breathing. And my brother and sister-in-law said if, that ever th- if the machine went off, it would wake the dead. That's how loud it was. My brother, uh, my, my nephew's now at Penn State studying structural engineering and will intern at a large engineering firm in Washington, D.C. this summer. Every time I see him, I can't believe how grown up he is and and what a great man he's becoming from that little guy hooked up to a machine to now this guy that's probably taller than me and smarter than me. He's probably going to make more money than me. And he's he's so grown up. But who is it for you? Who have you seen, who have you known from their beginning? Probably your children. Maybe a younger sibling, a cousin, a pet. You were there from their beginning. And if you're a parent, obviously you played an integral part in their beginning. So why am I having you think about this? A main tenet of Christianity is that Jesus 
was from the beginning. I'm having you think about this because Jesus was from, from the beginning. Not only that, he played a part in your beginning. Jesus is fully God and fully human. Yes, he was born into and lived among humanity as one of us with the same temptations, the same wants, the same needs, the same experiences as everyone living at his time. Yet he lived a perfect and sinless life. He was born into humanity over 2,000 years ago. However, he existed before his physical existence and time itself. He is one with and in fellowship with God the Father and the Holy Spirit. There never was a time where Jesus wasn't. That's because he's fully God. John writes about Jesus as beginning in three out of the five New Testament books he wrote. In John 1, 1 to 3, we read, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In our passage today, John opens with the words, What was from the beginning, the word of life. In Revelation 22, 13, you might know this one. Jesus is speaking. He says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Another apostle, Paul, puts it this way in his letter to the Colossians. And the words, the Son here, are referring to Jesus. Colossians 1, 15 to 7 says, The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Here's the most exciting part of this for me. Not only was Jesus there from the beginning, he has been there for your beginning. He was there when you were formed in your mother's room. He was there when you took your first steps and when you, you said your first words. On your first day at your first job, he was there. When you married your spouse, he was there. And all the while, here's what he's longing for for us. To be in fellowship with him. God the Father and the Holy Spirit. He longs for us to spend eternal life with him. How much? God wants us to be in fellowship with him so much that he sent his son, Jesus, what John calls the word of life, to live a perfect life and to die on the cross as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. You see, Jesus wants a new beginning for you. And it begins when you have a relationship with God through Christ. 
being in a relationship with God through Christ is a very experiential thing. And as you commit to him, as you read the Bible and do what it says, as you become more like Christ, you will start experiencing God. Your new beginning doesn't stop there. As we continue to become more and more like Christ, we constantly have new beginnings. Listen to what Paul said in 2 Corinthians. Jesus died for all, that those who live no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and raised again, and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view, though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Listen to this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. A new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. Do you hear that new beginning? The old self is gone. Our new selves in Christ is here. We're called constantly to become more and more like Christ every day, every breath, every moment. John is speaking about this in in his next sessions of our passage. Listen for the contrast. Listen, darkness to light, unrighteousness to righteousness through his blood. And in John, 1 John 1, 6 to 10, it says, God is light and in him there's no darkness at all. We say that we have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and don't practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful in righteousness to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar. His truth is not in us. So my question for us today is, and I'm including myself in this, how are you growing in Christ? What is your new beginning? How are you moving from darkness to light? What unrighteousness are you allowing Christ to cleanse you from? As I, as I think and ponder these questions, I realize that, you know, I'm pretty close to perfect, so I'm good. I'm just going to keep on doing what I'm doing, cruise through life just like I'm doing now. I haven't murdered anybody. I'm faithful to my wife. I don't steal. I don't swear. I don't chew. I don't hang out with girls who do. So you know what? I'm good. I like me just the way I am. I've lived in Chester County most of my life, and what I was just feigning is what we want people to think. We want them to make it seem like we have it all together. We have a great job, great house, our kids get A's and B's, they're the star athlete, musician, or actor. We pay the bills on time, we're kind to our neighbors, we recycle, we give to charity, we buy only organic foods and brush and floss twice a day. And all of this we proudly display on the social media networks of our choosing. And yet, God, and yet John is saying this. 
If we say we don't sin, we are deceiving ourselves. The truth isn't in us. We make Christ a liar, and his word's not in us. I don't want to make us out to be bad people. You know, I've met with and, and talked to most of you. Some of you have been to my house, and, and I've been to yours. We laugh. We encourage. We have a great time. We're pretty good people. But as followers of Christ, we have to be constantly becoming more like him. So what's that one thing this week that you can change? What's that attitude? What's that habit? Is there any part of your life that you're keeping in the dark? It's okay to admit that we don't have it all together. It's okay to admit that we don't have it all together. That we're a work in progress. I tell that to my students, both at the IU and here at Marsh Creek all the time. I'm working on things. I don't have it all together all the time. And you know what? That resonates with them. It really does. So where, where do you need a new beginning this week? What part of your life can you move from darkness to light? Allow Christ to cleanse you from that unrighteousness. Lastly, lastly I want to look at the words heard, seen, looked at, touched, announced. John and his fellow apostles committed their lives to telling everybody about their experience they had with Jesus. What they heard, what they saw, what they looked at, what they touched. They wanted everyone to know about his miracles, the healings, the compassion he had towards others. They wanted to let people know about Christ's words and, and his actions. As I was reading this passage, I, I saw the word that John used both words both seen and looked at. I was a bit confused. Because to me, like seen and looked at, they're the same thing. So the word nerd that I was, I, I did a word study, right? What's the difference? The only thing I can compare it to is the difference between being at a sporting event and playing the sport. Or being at a concert or trying to sing that song in your shower. Like, there, there's, it's, it's different. The word for seeing is harao. It's more of an experiential thing. The, the disciples, they were in the thick of it all. They were at the event. They heard the noises of the crowds. They smelled the smells. They were in the midst of the storm and the sudden calm afterwards. Have you ever just felt God's presence? You might be experiencing the good, the bad, and the ugly of life. And you know, yet you know everything's going to be okay because you're the child of the Father. You experience a peace unlike any other. 
And I hope that if you haven't done that, you will soon. And you'll tell others about that experience of what you've seen, what you've experienced. The word for, for looked at is theomai. It means to gaze upon, to be a spectator. The disciples saw the once lame man be healed, taking off his pallet and walking away. They saw the blind gain their sight. They saw the demons come out of that man and go into the herd of the pigs, and the pigs go down into the sea. But they weren't. They weren't the blind person. They weren't the lame person. They weren't the demons possessed. They witnessed God working in the lives of them, but they weren't them themselves. They weren't blind. So I encourage us, let's start noticing how God is working in others around you and, and celebrate that. Celebrate the changes that they're making in their lives. Celebrating how far they've come from, from, once, from where they once were. I can't help but notice a sense of community with these words. Throughout the first chapter, John doesn't say that he alone experienced these things. He uses the word we. We saw. We touched. We looked at. We proclaimed. We write. We heard, we confessed. John uses the word we 23 times in the first chapter of 1 John 1. You know, Jesus, he could have gone around solo. He could have done all these amazing things just by himself. But he didn't. Instead, he surrounded himself and had a relationship with a group of young men from all walks of life. If we follow Jesus' example, we should be doing the same thing. We should. John invites us into a fellowship. A fellowship of people who have seen and testify and proclaim the eternal life which was with the Father and was revealed. Let's accept that invitation to, to fellowship. In fact, you know what? Anyone can from any walk of life. If we accept that invitation, we not only have fellowship with each other, it was God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I've been across the country, been in Europe, and I've, I've experienced life with, with other Christians, and it's amazing. I don't know them from Adam, and yet I feel like there's a connection with them. You might be speaking another language. You might be from another part of the country, but because we have that fellowship with God the Father, it's like we're brothers and sisters. I hope you experience that sometime in your life. The word fellowship that they use is this word koinonia. Koinonia is literally a partnership. 
The word about sharing, community, participation. Participation. We're invited into a partnership, not only with God the Father, but with each other. To proclaim the gospel, to proclaim that we once walked in darkness, but now are walking in light. We were once on the path towards death, but now the path towards eternal and abundant life that can only be found in Christ. We need to tell everyone else this message. We need to invite everyone into this fellowship. We have to represent this fellowship in front of everyone we meet. That's why the purpose of Marsh Creek Community Church, it sums it up well. To bring healing and hope to our communities by connecting people to God, his church, and his mission. Connecting, connecting, fellowship, partnership. You can see why I put relationship in the title of my sermon series. 1 John 1 says, if we walk in the light, as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So, here are my questions for us today. First, do you need a restart? Do you need a restart in life? You know how your computer sometimes doesn't work no matter what you do it doesn't work IT guy said have you start have you, have you tried restarting it <laughs> and then you restart the computer and uh, suddenly what was not working before is now working again sometimes we need that restart something's not working so if you let Jesus, if you let him, Jesus can be a part of whatever new beginning you need today. He can bring darkness, I mean, he can bring light into your darkness. He can, like, like much at the, as the candlelight service during the December 24th, it's totally dark in here, and as we light it, the room, it becomes light. So Jesus can do that in your darkness. He can, he can bring light to that situation. He wants us to walk in that light, to forgive us of our sins, and to cleanse us from all sin and unrighteousness. So let's, let's look this week. Where can, can Jesus start a new beginning in us? What light can he bring to a darkness in our life? Second, are we deceiving ourselves in any aspect of our lives? Do we need to admit that Hey, that area of my life's not going so well. First John says, First John 1 says, if we say that we have no sin, we're deceiving ourselves. It's okay. It's okay not to have it all together. Becoming like Christ, it's a process. Ask God to point out any sin in your life. Ask him, for forgiveness. First John says, one says, he'll cleanse you from all, all unrighteousness. And third, are we, are we inviting others 
into our walk with Christ. That can be a scary thing, welcoming others into our lives. It can be a scary thing to start a partnership with somebody. But it's essential. Just as God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit have fellowship with each other as one God, we need to have fellowship with each other as, as one body of Christ. First, John says that we're to have fellowship with God and each other. The Bible says a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. There's strength in numbers. So this week, I want you to think about how can I invite others into my life? Maybe go get a coffee with somebody. Maybe go out for lunch. Phone call to a friend you haven't seen in a while. How are you doing? Welcome others into your life.